0: Listening to 1252 Sports Entertainment. Parental discretion may be advised. Woo! It's about that time. Fat Mike, Chicago Sports. (laughs) Yeah finally here finally here shot city sports is right here updates on news get it here the rumors because we keep it real
1: fat mike. Fat mike. Fat mike. sit back relax sugar beer one of them nights hey this is carmen DeFalco from espn chicago and you're listening to the fat mike sports show
0: hey this is dave richard from cbs sports and you're listening to the fat mike chicago sports show
1: Hi, this is Jeffy Rogers the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. Hey everyone, I'm Scott Merkin, the longtime White Sox beat writer for MLB.com and proud graduate of the University of Michigan. You're listening to me on the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. This is Chuck Arline and you are listening to the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. It's the Fat. Hey, what's up? This is Greg Braggs Jr. from Braggs in the Stands and you're listening to my guys on the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. Boom. Hey everyone, Fred here from ESPN 1000, great to be on the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. I'm Dan Aburiki, senior writer for Fangraphs, and you're listening to Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. I'm J.J. Stankovitz from NBCSportsChicago.com and the Undercenter Podcast, and you're listening to the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. Hey, Sparkle, you know what I listen to? It's the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show with my guy, Fat Mike. Did you listen anywhere else? Nope. The
0: Fat Mike the Fat. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. I am always the host of the show, Fat Mike, and I'm Fat Mike Chicago. So there we go. And with me each and every single week is my co-host, my counterpart, my heterosexual life mate that he is angelo ace camacho angelo say what's up my friend what's up everybody mikey how you doing tonight buddy good man good i'm excited to get back to it it's been a layoff the last couple of weeks yeah i'm excited to get back to it though i'm 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 happy man there's a lot of things going on around here in chicago not not only just the the depressingness of the bears but there's the white Sox are making some moves the chicago cubs are making some moves and it's exciting around here right
2: now. Uh, well i mean the cubs really aren't making that many moves other than Losing Theo. <laughs> I was gonna say bad moves, but that's that's, a, that's
0: not, not a good move. Losing Theo sucks. Losing Hey, they losing did the
2: hire a third base
0: coach, though. Yeah, that's yeah, true. uh what Willie Harris, right? Yeah. Is that who it is? Yeah, so at least Sox guy. Yeah, go figure. The White Sox keep on stealing our guys. They yeah. steal uh they steal Steve Stone, you know, years ago. They, they now they steal they Casper now. Now they steal Len Casper. <laughs> You know, I am I'm, I'm adamant though about the whole the whole Len Casper thing. I think he just left because he was tired of wearing a suit. The marquee uh, network made made the guy wear a suit to call a baseball game. He's like, oh fuck this. You know, no, like,
2: if, if you ask me, the Cubs look like morons with this marquee network, right? Because... <laughs> right now will
0: well, I mean, how can you predict the pandemic? You well, know what I mean? not
2: even that though, but like you start a network, that's like something you should have done like five years ago,
0: you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's
2: just... Build that shit up when you're on. The when you
0: got when you brought in Theo Epstein, that's the thing <laughs> that you should have done. Right now you're you're
2: gonna what you're gonna blast this network. Hey, get the network, get the network. Yeah. The team's gonna be garbage next year. Who wants to buy it for that? I <laughs> don't. Know? I don't want to
0: talk about it. It's only gonna make like, me upset. I love
2: the Cubs, but I wouldn't spend my money to watch them next year. Well, uh, I would. You know,
0: I'm a Cub fan. Like I'll oh, watch God. them when they're on TV. But oh, yeah, of course. I'm not gonna you know. get a special package just to. Uh, I got the special package, Angelo. So should you. If you're a well, guy actually, guy. I can't get it up here. Oh yeah, because you're one of those yeah. you're stuck in cheesehead country. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's gross. That's gross. Yeah. Maybe maybe if you stick some tinfoil like like some rabbit ears and a and a block oh, of cheese, yeah, my house. You know, stick some rabbit ears in a block of cheese and wiggle them on way down here to Chicago. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll pick up the airwaves. You yeah, know? But, no, I mean, we do got some big news here, man. Since the last time, I mean, we only touched on it a little bit. The White Sox hired Tony LaRusso. That's kind of big news. There was some hot commodity stuff around here, around the Chicagoland area. I mean, people were pissed off. People are upset. Then they go out and they grab Adam Eaton yesterday and resign him to a, what, a two-year deal, I believe, or a one-year deal. What was it, Angelo? Do you know?
2: Uh, two. I think it's a one. but Or, no, it's a two-year like player up or team option right. or something the second year. I don't know that's not a bad
0: move. I mean that's honestly that, that's not a bad move. Adam Eaton man, that that dude people may hate him because he's a jerk off and his attitude sucks. All right, but that I mean that's for just from what I've what I've heard and what I've seen on uh I, I, on the field and stuff like that and teammates saying overhearing teammates saying that he kind of sucks. But listen the guy that guy's a fucking gamer man he is a yeah. legit gamer. He's a fire starter. And I, I'm I 100% wholeheartedly saying this. In 2017, without, or I'm sorry, what was that? 2018, 2019, 2019. I don't know what, whatever year the Nationals won. The I World think it Series. was 18. All right. Without uh, him, the Nationals would not uh, have won that World Series. Yeah. That's a, like, that's legit. That dude was a fucking badass during that entire playoffs.
2: Well, that. yeah. I mean, they brought him in for that reason, right? Right. You know, because he has this playoff experience now and he was a key part of the Nationals winning in the playoffs. So when you're looking to take that next step as an organization, the only logical thing is to get people in there who have that experience. That's what they talk about all the time, right? Playoff experience, playoff experience. That's why everybody was hyped when the Sox made it to the playoffs last year, because you're getting these younger guys familiar with the playoffs that added pressure. It's going to show you who's going to shine out and not. And now you bring him in. And hopefully, you know, I know he left here, uh, left the Sox before, and it was kind of a rocky situation. But now, you know, he's a little older. Maybe he matured a little bit. He'll come in, try to mentor some of these younger
0: guys. And and who knows, maybe it'll be maybe a good thing for the White Sox. Well I mean listen, th- this team right now, the Chicago White Sox team is definitely on the up and up and it, it, as much as it pains me to say it, they really are you know later on in the year once we keep them once we get kicking off, we'll bring on Scott Merkin again who who writes who writes for the White Sox and we'll bring on some other white Sox guys Chuck Garfine joined us once before if you if you were listening in the in, in the intro to the song he's been on with us a few times before you know it, it's something that we can that we can discuss with those guys that team is on the up and up man. They really are. If there's one, if there's one team, one professional sports team that's on the rise in Chicago right now, it's the Chicago White Sox. Plain and simple. Yeah. I mean, really, plain and simple. The Bears are in fucking quicksand. The Blackhawks are, are slowly starting a rebuild. The Bulls have kicked the tires on their rebuild by bringing in Carnishavus and bringing in Billy Donovan, and the Cubs are in the midst of their rebuild. So th- there's one team, that there's one organization in the city of Chicago that has their head on straight besides, like, the Crestwood Flyers or whatever the fuck they are over here, or, you know, the Kane County Cougars or, you know, the Chicago Fire or what have you. you know, like I'm talking the legit sports teams, but th- that's that's a team. And Rick, it, that's all due in part thanks to Rick Hahn. Yeah. Rick Hahn has done a, an amazing job with this White Sox team, man, and they're going to be exciting to watch. They, that's the other thing. They, they also just signed uh, Lance Lasagna Lynn. Yeah. Las you know, Lasagna Lance Lasagna Lynn. I like Lance to call Anya.
2: him Lance Fat Mike Lynn. Yeah. You guys are real similar looking. Lance you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Lance you. Yeah. I bet you he hates Mondays, just like Garfield. You know, Lance Anya. You know, hey.
2: if you go back to 2018, right, the Sox, yeah, there were some names in the organization. But at that time, who the Bears were looking like, they were on the rise, right? Yeah. Because those were still in, that, in the midst of – Oh, you know the core guys are still there. They yep. have a shot at getting to the World Series, and now it's completely flipped, man. The Bears and the Cubs are at the bottom, and everybody else, you know, it's moving. It's up. amazing
0: how fast this, how fast the script has flipped on both the Cubs and uh, and the, and the Chicago Bears. Yeah. it's amazing with the Blackhawks. We've seen Absolutely. it a while. We've seen the de- we've seen the decline of the Blackhawks over since the 2016 season. Right. All right, right, we've seen Brent Seabrook get old. We've seen Duncan Keith play too many minutes and legs go bad. We've right. seen Jonathan Tays start to show his age a little bit. Patrick Kane has been a fucking cyborg, still putting in forty goals a year, but that's a different story. Those guys are few and far between. Right, like you okay? expected it. You kind of seen the. Yeah, downs, you've seen the, the decline depression. Coming. Right, you've right. seen the decline coming. With the Chicago Cubs, that decline should not have happened. You still have this fucking group uh, yeah. of guys in Javier Baez, Wilson Contreras. You know, uh, help me out here. I the list goes uh, on, Chris you know, Ryan, Bryant, Kyle Alberto Almora. The list yeah. goes on and on and on, yeah. And it's just like, what just happened? You know, the just for a lineup with those
2: names. It still blows my mind that they are just so inconsistent
0: when it comes to hitting, like, I, it's right, wild, right? I was thinking about this the other day, too, right? This, the Chicago, T- the, not to s- swap from the, the socks to the Cubs, but. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on here with the Chicago Cubs, too. You know what I mean? With losing Theo, losing right. losing Len Casper. I mean, it, it, we can continue to talk about baseball all night. I'm kind of begging for one of these days because I'm getting sick of talking football, to be honest with you. But anyways, you know, with, with the Chicago Cubs, you've seen it coming. But I was thinking about this the other day, Angela. Now, how do I put this to where, where I don't sound like a, like a fucking meathead? The, the the reason why we hold those guys in such a high standard like Kyle Schwarber and, you know, John Lester. John Lester's been great for fucking ever. His entire right. career's been phenomenal. But guys like Wilson Contreras and Kyle Schwarber and, you know, Ben Zobris and Javier Baez, we hold those guys on a pedestal, I think. All right? Now, this is me looking at it like a baseball fan, not as a Cub fan, okay? We hold those guys on a pedestal just because of the fact that they won a World Series just because of the fact they won a World Series does not make them Chicago great or icon type of players. Well, it don't. You know, what Kyle Schrober did was amazing in 2016, coming off right. an injury, you know, and he it was something of lore. He will go down as – it'll go down as one of the greatest Chicago Cub moments and one of the greatest Chicago Cub moments ever right. in the history ever, ever, of ever. Of all of the Chicago Cubs, Kyle Schwerber coming back to help with that World Series will go down as one of the greatest moments of all time. But is he a great player? Is he worth an eighteen million dollar a year contract? Am I going to sit here and plug his fat ass out in left field to watch him botch balls and just assist on botch balls, throwing a guy out at right. second base when it should have just been an easy routine fly ball that he should have fucking caught? No, right. I'm not going right. to. I'm not going to plug him in there to, to hit two old fucking four. Right. You know like, what I mean? Like, and that's it, one thing I'm.
2: It's ahead, because like the, the Bears and the 85 Bears, right, are a prime example of a team that, you know, they won the championship They're and everybody more. thought, oh, they should win more, right? Yeah. The Cubs were the same way. They won the one in, o- in 16. They should have won two or three, right? right? So you're going to always hold that Cubs team, especially for the, long, the length of time since they had won the World Series in a high regard, no matter – No matter what, just like we hold the 85 team in this, like, oh, this godlike status of sports teams because we haven't seen the Bears sniff that type of a team since. You know what I mean? And it makes you kind of wonder they won in 16, the Cubs. Is that like the only time they're going to win going forward for a while? I, I hope not. You know, if you're a White Sox fan, you're definitely going to enjoy rubbing your uh, Cubs fans' noses in the success that they're going to have these next five six years.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. Like you, this rebuild has to start now. It should have started two years ago with this yeah. Cubs team. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm the I'm 100 pro the guy that you know. Hey. Matt, Matt Nagy, Chris Bryant has not been. The, I don't know what the fuck. I, I'm at it again, Angelo. I don't know what's going on. That's all right. But I, I'm this. I'm the 100 percent guy. That's like listen. Fuck, Chris Bryant has not been the same guy since he got doinked in the fucking yep. dome. Yep. All right. Like legit, he has not been the same player. The back of his baseball card doesn't mean shit to me anymore. I don't care anymore. You know, I you you should have shot that guy a while ago. You yep. know what I mean? Because right now his return is the lowest it's ever been since he's been a big leaguer.
2: You and I have talked about that. Like, right. oh, the, the back of the baseball card. Yeah, that's great. Right. You can have all these cool stats, but if you don't have those stats, when you need those stats, what's the point, right? right. The inconsistency, the, the unclutchness of this Cubs of that Cubs team was wild. You know, you expected all those guys to step up and, and never perform like they did in the playoffs, the last three seasons before it right. started, you know, and,
0: that's why we're at this point we're at now. Yeah, and th- th- like, exactly. And that's one thing that I'm really excited about. You know, As much as it pains me to say this, that's one reason why I'm excited about the Sox team. One thing that the Cubs couldn't do was hit over the last three seasons. Right. One thing that Tony LaRusso is not going to put up with is a bunch of guys hitting fucking 230. Right. That's not going to happen underneath Tony LaRusse's watch. He's going to go fucking bananas if he has a team full of guys that's sitting there in... You know that he's not going to sit up with a guy batting fucking two ten hitting. He's not going to do it, right? I mean, you're you're going to see a guy old, like Adam yeah. Eaton and Tim Anderson and leading that team off, and then going into the meat of your order. We got a question. We got a question from uh, from the chat here. Uh, Roger Morris says, "What's up, guys? Checking in. Who do we need at leadoff for the Chicago Cubs to be successful? And that's the problem for the Chicago Cubs to be successful. It's more than just leadoff, man. Yeah. It really is. It's a lot more than just leadoff." You don't have a center fielder. You're not. You don't have a second baseman right now. You, I mean, like, that's where you're at. Nico Horney, can he? Nico Horner can he be the guy that can lead off for the Chicago Cubs? I mean, that's a tall ask. That's a tall order to ask of a kid that's just started last year playing.
2: It's hard to 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 say who it should be, right? Because we don't know as of right now who's even going to be on this team, right? To start the season, because there's been all this talk about. Well, you know they already didn't. They're already moving on with Schwarber, Lester. You know what I mean? Um, I definitely th- <laughs> need a Dexter we, Fowler. We again. Yeah, Roger, I'm fucking. I mean, when they know, had that that guy that guy at the top of the lineup, Dexter Fowler, the you go we go. Remember that? Right, 2016.
0: You need that guy. That spark. You need starter. a fire starter, and yep. that's one thing. And like, listen, everybody knows I'm a Cub fan, and I fucking hate the White Sox, man. All right. But that's one thing that Adam Eaton brings to the table. He's a guy that you can plug right at the top of the order immediately to be your leadoff man and play eighty-five, anywhere between eighty and one hundred and fifteen games a year right. to lead off your club and have an on-base percentage over over two eighty. He's gonna yeah. get on base for you, you know, and he's gonna be that guy that just starts like, and thing like fucking this fucking guy is up again. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's what Tony the LaRue- that's what Tony Larusa has had his entire career as, a, as as a manager. He's always had a guy that's gotten underneath your fucking skin to start the game and dig out an eleven pitch at bat to start a game. It's frustrating. Right. Like I understand the White Sox
2: going out to get Larusa. You know he's well. That yes and no. Okay, he has that experience of winning World Series, right? Mm-hmm. But he also hasn't been in the game for a long time. The game is completely different. So it's, it's going to be an interesting development to see how the team and him kind of marry themselves together, you know. But I do think the respect level from the players should be there to start. It's just a matter of will that continue,
0: you know what I mean? Right. Uh, listen, I, the one thing that I've picked up from, from Tony La Russa from watching him coach in National League Central for what seemed like a million years and them winning – you know, NL Central after NL Sanch, after NL Central is that he is a no-nonsense guy, and his guys definitely do perform for him. And right. he, they do exactly what they tell him. They, he, they do exactly what he tells them to do. If not, then you can have a nice fucking spot right over there on the pine bench and not play at all. Either you go out there and lay down a bunt and play small ball the way Tony La Russa likes to play small ball, or, hey, listen, there's a place in fucking AAA for you. There's a place in Charlotte for you, too. We can bring up the kid that will do it. And that's one thing I like about Tony La Russa.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's not going to take any shit from anybody. He's going to expect, you know, a certain level of professionalism from the team. I know there's a few White Sox fans who are curious to see if he's going to pull, you know, try to stop that free, fun-loving kind of swagger type of team. If he's smart, he doesn't. You know what I mean? He doesn't go in there and try to change personalities. That's what makes this White Sox team fun to watch for the fans mm-hmm. is that you're just out there having a good time playing.
0: Right. So. Yeah, no, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. It's going to be a lot of fun this coming up summer. I'm already I'm after this after this shitty bear season here, man. I mean, I'm starting to gear myself more closer and closer to to, to, to Sox and Cubs baseball years, man. I mean, honestly, that's that's where I'm at right now. I'm starting to gear myself closer and closer to baseball. Everybody who knows me and has been a part of the Fat Mike show and that listens to the show here, Angelo, they know that baseball's my 1A and football is like a very close 1B, but I can watch baseball at any time, any specific moment. I mean, I love sitting there on the couch. Megan will be like, oh, I'm going to bed. All right, babe, I'll see you a little later. All right, I'm going to watch the fucking late, Dodgers and San Diego Padres game, or the late Dodgers and Rockies game, or doesn't matter who's on. I'm I'm sitting up and watching it, man, right? Because that's how much I love baseball. Uh, Ron uh, Ron Rupp, now our buddy that tunes into us all the time says that he says that he hears there might be some friction between him and Tim Anderson, and we've gone over that. Like that's been gone over too. I guess that he's I don't he's going to be very very careful around Tim Anderson and let Tim Anderson do his thing. I mean, you just got to let that guy play. That guy's a fun guy. He's another one of those guys that got to meet just with a better personality than I think from the outside perspective, outside-of-the-box perspective, that you just let that fucking guy be. He's going to clock in every day, play his ass off, leave his fucking tears on the field, blood, sweat, and tears on the field, and you just let that guy go, man. I love Tim Anderson.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: I I love that guy.
2: Everybody threw a fit because he did that bat flip and everybody was all pissed off. Dude. You need a guy like Tim Anderson. Baseball is boring, right? If you're right. not if you're not like a dedicated diehard baseball fan like you, <laughs> you won't like baseball because it's right. it's very you know, there was like an order, the unwritten rules of baseball, where this is how you oh, hold you yourself, it. blah blah blah. You need guys like like a Tim Anderson or a Javi Baez yeah. to spark the interest back and not only for the fans watching now, but for younger fans. You know what right. I mean? Like I have two boys and when we watch the Cubs, my stepson who at the time in 2016 was, Oh geez. 11. You know, he was all for Javi, watching him fly around the field, and, I love and mag her up at the box. You know what I mean? And, that's what you want. You want to re-engage
0: these young, this younger generation. You just want baseball. excitement, right? Yeah. You got to get these guys – you got to get these kids into baseball. And if that's what it takes is a bad flip here and there. You know, like they're, they're, like you said, though, there are some unwritten rules of baseball. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. There are some unwritten rules of baseball. And one of them is, you know, like, is the bat flip shit or is the yuck it up moment after a home run, all right? You know, like, one thing that still drives me nuts, okay, is hitting a home run and yucking it up when you're down by five? Yeah. All right. You know, like if you're gonna sit there and watch a ball fucking take off out of the stands and you're down by six runs in the bottom of the ninth, okay that that's due for a, that's due for a fucking zinger right in the ear hole. It's like the okay. fucking Bears, but
2: it's well, like exactly. It's, it's, they'll be losing by twenty four points, losing get by
0: stack and act like they just won the Super Bowl. Right, losing by seventeen, yeah. losing by seventeen, and doing backflips into the fucking end zone. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah, Are I mean, you kidding me? There's Get a time, and a, time and a place. Yeah, there has to be a time and a place. If you're sitting now, if you're sitting up there, and Tim Anderson goes—I mean, it could be against the Cubs. If he hits a walk-off homer in the bottom of the ninth and watches that pitch sail out on the fucking 35th, all right, go right ahead. Right, right. You deserve it like that. You deserve to do the the bat drop, like a mic drop, just yep. like boom, right on home plate. And I would even turn around and give Wilson Gonzalez, like, you stupid motherfucker, why are you giving me a fastball? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I would do. I mean, I'm just saying that's just me. You know what I mean? Right. That guy has every reason to yuck it up, man. He's a good player. He makes the game exciting. And that's what's, that's what's bad with baseball right now is that few players are making the game exciting. You right. got guys out there like Mike Trout. I never realized how good that guy was, Angelo, until I got the baseball package. Where I well, can yeah, watch that. you never watch it. That fucking dude is unbelievable. Right. All right? Unbelievable. Him, but if you don't see him, you don't know. Right.
2: And, and uh, because and he's in Los Angeles, Angeles... I mean, if you, if you yeah. have the
0: guy in fantasy baseball, Angelo, it seems like the guy's a myth. It, like yeah. It's like this guy's not real. It's like Babe Ruth. Like I think Babe Ruth is made up. I think yeah. Babe Ruth is a myth. He never existed. He's like yeah. Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny. Fucking yeah. guy never existed. Just like... Yeah. uh the, the moon landing and all that stuff. Babe Ruth, right a, up there. They just took a picture of a guy who looked like his name would possibly be Babe. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, that kind of, that guy can look like a babe. He kind of looks like a pig. Yeah. You know what I mean? He he yeah. kind of looks like a beer swigging, fucking fat guy slurping hot dogs and sucking down brews in the middle of the sixth inning. Yep. But honestly, I think all his numbers are fabricated. I think it's all bullshit. Babe Ruth is a myth. He's like the Loch Ness Monster or Sasquatch or fucking Loch Ness monster. He is. He's yeah. oh, dude, he's completely made up, dude. I'm serious. Nobody nobody. No, no. He's 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 a myth. He's an old he's an old wives tale. He is he's the Loch Ness monster and Sasquatch, the abominable snowman. But he, see, that's the thing about baseball is they don't market well enough, man. Right. You know, they, they just baseball don't. fuck, man. I mean, honestly, you you got these guys that are faces of the game. you got guys like Aaron Judge, who's big market. you guys, you got guys like Javier Baez or Chris Bryant, who are big market here in Chicago. And Mike Trout, you know, Los Angeles, big, huge market. But that's not the team in Los Angeles.
2: Right. The, the not team, not at all.
0: Say, I'm sorry to say, the team in Los Angeles is the L.A. Dodgers. Right, 100 You know what I mean? 100%. And even the Dodgers,
2: like – If you weren't an avid baseball fan, could you really tell me who Justin Turner is? You know what I mean? No. You know, it's
0: they have to do a better job. I'm a diehard baseball fan. Yeah, I could.
2: Right, right. But I'm just saying, if you're just a regular guy watching baseball, you know, I've heard uh, guys on uh, ESPN 1000 talk about all the time. If uh, Mike Trout was walking down the street, would you even know it was Mike Trout? Right, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, exactly. Unless you walk out,
0: you don't market the right way. Right, don't market it the right way.
2: That's the difference between like and Manfred. Fucking
0: Manfred's a dipshit, anyways. Yeah. Yes, that's like honestly, Manfred's a. I don't even. I don't even want to talk about it. So I'm going to make me upset. It's only gonna put me in a bad spot before we have Carmen on. We'll be upset enough once we start talking about the Bears. I'm glad glad we've
2: gone a half hour (laughs) without really talking about them. Dude,
0: honestly, fuck yeah, I'm super (laughs) stoked that we've talked baseball. Yeah, it's been nice to it's been nice not to get depressed. It's been beautiful. like I'm actually like, dude, seriously, you get my shit going on baseball, dude. I can go fucking round for round with dudes. I love baseball. I fucking love it, and I miss it, and I'm excited. There's there's nothing
2: like uh, opening day, man. Uh, The weather's just warming up, you know, and noon game is on. You're going to sit down and enjoy the game, and 17 hours later and the game's over and you know you get to and you don't get to enjoy your day because you spent it all day watching baseball but right
0: you know. and i you know let's get our guy in here man our guy carmen defalco from espn chicago 1000 joining us tonight. i'm super excited about having him on with us again good friend of the show guy always comes on here i listen i probably bother the shit out of this guy 99 percent of the guy's life like, I'm always hitting the guy up, like, did you fucking watch this football play? And he's just like, dude, I don't even know what to tell you. Like, I'm pretty sure he just got me on, like, one of those, like, immediate messages where it's like, oh, fuck, I can't talk to this guy right now. Like, just leave me alone. I can't talk to him no more. But uh, joining us right now, Carmen DeFelco from ESPN Chicago 1000. Carmen, my man, what's going on, brother? Thanks what for joining up? us again. No what's problem. What's up, Hi. boys? How um, you man, doing tonight? Good. You're, you're, thanks for, dude. Listen, I'm sorry that I bother you, dude. I'm right. like, I have to piss you off sometimes. You're like, "Are you fucking kidding me again with this
1: guy?" Never, Mike. Good. I've only
2: known you for what four months now, five months. Yeah, and I'm
0: at that point with you.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I can only imagine
2: where Carmen. Yeah. is.
0: Right? Well, you, you
1: have know, to deal hey, with it more often. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. This guy deals with me twice a week. You know, I only yeah. like text Carmen when I'm, you know, a fifth of whiskey in and just right. pissed off the Bears or the Cubs or the White Sox, which uh, is so, easy. Yeah. These which days.
2: is all the time,
0: yeah, Carmen. Yeah, we started yeah. off the show here tonight talking off baseball, and it's actually a good introduction here because yesterday I was listening to your show. And you guys had newcomer on around, Adam Eaton, for a yeah. quick minute. And he just kind of uh, – I'm not going to – in my opinion, he was kind of a turd.
1: Yeah.
0: But that's just me. That's just me. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. I'm excited. I think Adam Eaton – listen, it, it may, the, the guy may be surly. The guy may be um, – have a bad reputation around a couple of uh, different players around the league. But in my opinion, this guy's a fire starter. And without him in – when the Washington Nationals won the World Series – they wouldn't have won the World Series. That's the type of player, you guys are getting back here. And it's almost like you guys never even traded him because the haul that you took back from him, you still maintain.
1: How do you feel about bringing Adam Eaton to the south side? I mean, I, I you know, listen, I, I think it's okay. I, I do think when, when Adam Eaton's is healthy, and unfortunately that's been a problem for him in his career, but I think when he's healthy, I mean, there certainly are worse options uh, to play right field for you. I think Adams getting a little older. The injuries have always been a little bit of a concern and that scares me somewhat. But uh if he can stay healthy and he bats somewhere in the bottom of your order and kind of does what he's done most of his career, you know, you're probably going to get some decent production out of right field. They've had none the last 3 years guys. And I mean, right. like there's no team in baseball that's had uh less production out of its platoon of right fielders than the White Sox. Their, their fan war number 18, 19, and 20 um, is below one. They've been in, they've contributed negative wins. The, the next worst team, the next worst team in baseball is Pittsburgh at .9 wins above replacement. So the White Sox are a negative uh, 1.7. I mean, that's a huge disparity between them and the rest of the league or what league average is. I mean, they really have had uh, next to nothing out of that position for three seasons. So, you know, Eaton's going to help. I mean, he is a professional. He is salty. He is surly. He does rub guys the wrong way. This is not me speculating. This is out there. Right. This is out there in the public. People know about it. But you're right, Mike. I mean, like, he, I, I will tell you what, I, I'll, I'll agree with what you said. Without him, they probably don't win the World Series. He was fabulous in the World Series. He was really good that whole playoff run for Washington. He's fucking phenomenal. And he was phenomenal. And I mean, he was fabulous. Mags, and, yeah, base he was
0: hits, knocking in runs. The guy was unbelievable in no the World
1: Series, doubt. No doubt. There's no doubt and- about it.
0: The thing that sucks too is like it sucks that he has that reputation. But then again, I've always looked at you know this is just me. That this is me as a Cub fan, okay, Carp. So I don't mean it. I don't mean it about you, okay? Right. Right. Like typical Sox fans. Typical Sox fans from my from my experience have a jerk face, a face that you want to punch, like Jim Edmonds. Jim Edmonds.
1: Jim Edmonds
0: is the typical jerk face guy. Scott Pitsednik is that a jerk face guy? A guy that you just want to fucking rifle right in the teeth all right another guy is adam eaton he's that guy he just has that face like ooh, just give me one shot and i'll just fucking lay your teeth right out of your fucking mo- I'll
1: sometimes make- the team oh, needs that
0: Lord. yeah and that's the type of guy that he is but you know what like uh, i was bullshit with mike north a little bit yesterday after after uh, after i had heard that call on espn there with you guys and i even said i was like wow adam eaton kind of a turd and he's like, he, Mike Nort's like, hey, what do you mean? What happened? What, what did I miss? Blah 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 blah. And I told him I was like, he's like, that's exactly what the White Sox yeah. need. They need that fire starter, a guy to have some attitude. And you know, with a guy with, with a team full of young kids, to you know, with with Eloy and a team, a team with Tim Anderson and a team with Jose Abreu, who's another guy who manages the clubhouse. There, everybody looks up to. Maybe this guy be like, hey, listen, stay away from me. Do your job. You're here to do a job. You are paid to do a job. And that's one thing I like, the way this direction is going with this
1: this White Sox team. He's definitely coming into a different type of atmosphere, different type of clubhouse, different expectations. I mean, he even acknowledged that with us yesterday, that it's so dramatically different from where he was when he was here four years ago, five years ago. Um, they're ready to win. Abreu is, you know, while he's quiet, Abreu has total command and total respect out of every last person in that organization and in that clubhouse, and you know he's the gentle giant, so to speak, and um, you know maybe what Eaton does bring and um, that rough around the edges kind of attitude uh, in smaller doses, because he's not going to be relied upon as much to be a leader, can serve them well. I, I there were a lot of corner outfield option guys, uh, and and like again, I think is is it a great deal? I don't think it's a great deal. Is it a fine enough? Yeah, I mean I'm like Matt on it. I guess I'd say, but with so many options out there, I even would have kicked the tires on Schwarber. Uh, I'm in the minority here, but Jock Peterson. Most Sox fans don't like that idea, but I think Jock, with his power in that park in the summers, could play well. Um, Michael Brantley, Eddie Rosario. I mean, I think there there were it's like flush, you know, with with corner outfielders right now, and I think there were probably some better options for them, but they went with Adam Eaton, so now you got to roll with it. You'll get AE and AE, Adam Eaton and Adam Engel. That's your up platoon for right field this year. Well, yeah. the, the, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Angelo. I'm sorry. Go no, ahead.
2: I was just going to ask Carm. You know, with bringing on Lance Lynn. And Adam Eaton. Obviously, there's Lasagna. still some areas. Lasagna then he
0: looks like me. Jesus Christ, <laughs> that guy can't He does. you're gonna have to fucking find a car tarp to fit. He's in. awesome. Sweet beat.
2: Yeah, he does he does have a striking resemblance to you, Mike. He, he that's does for a sure. little, he
1: does a little bit. Uh
2: but um, so what other areas, Carm, do you think that this team should focus on right now? Because obviously, you know, starting pitching is still a little bit questionable. Um, where, where do you think that they're gonna head?
1: I you know, we were talking to Scott Merkin today on our show from MLB.com who covers the socks. You know, and Scotty made the point about closer. Um, you know, it's you know, I I I guess they haven't totally closed the book on on Column and coming back, but I, I think that might be unlikely at this point. I think they have a lot of options down there in-house. They've got all these hard throwers, right? I mean, luckily, I mean, knock on wood every time we say it, like it looks like crochet dodged some sort of cat- catastrophe and some sort of major bullet uh, because when he came out of that game in Oakland, I think all of us as Sox fans were like, Oh my God, you know, please don't tell me a whole year now at Tom John. So knock on wood. I mean, that could be an option for you down there. They've got so many hard throwers. uh, Maybe they should be in the market for Liam Hendricks. Maybe they should be in the market for Brad. I mean like Brad hand kind of walked the high wire a lot last year. I bet if you talk to Indians fans, they tell you that, you know, you needed a bottle of Pepto like every time he went out there with the lead in the eighth or ninth inning. But I still think Brad Hand could be a realistic option, and I think it was maybe not surprising because people know the fiscal limitations right now, or or, or the the limited amount of resources that they have in Cleveland. But I think even with that said, we know they're not going to spend a lot of money. We know they're going to trade Lindor. People still kind of went, "What? They're not picking up the option on Brad Hand?" You know. So again, you've got a you've got a position here where they're the market sort of flush with guys and some different options and they have their own options in house, but I wouldn't be, I thought Scott made a good point. I wouldn't be shocked if they go out and they still explore that market a little bit. They don't have long-term commitments. At least the ones they have are very team friendly. They're they are I know pandemic and all, but I, I the white socks aren't strapped for cash. Don't let them fool you. So they could still go out and spend some money. And I think they'll still, they're still going to poke around in the free agent market and, and closer might be the one area where they're still going to take a long, hard look.
0: We got a question from the chat here for you, Carm. Uh, our buddy Chris Gonzalez wants to know how do you feel about Cairo, and is he the right fit for bench coach? Was there someone else that would have been a better fit or higher? What do I you? I don't think? know.
1: I mean, I like. I know he's got some familiarity with Tony um, Larusa, so so that's good. Uh, you know, you bring in another guy that's part of that staff now that that's that speaks the language uh, that a lot of, especially a lot of the players in the in the White Sox clubhouse speak, sort of uh, uh, knows. Uh, knows their culture, speaks their language. Um, I think there's some familiarity there. Sounds like he's wanted to kind of get back into baseball now that his kids are getting a little older, from what I understand, he's ready to sort of take that plunge. Those th- those types of players often make good bench coaches, to be honest. So off the top of my head, I, I mean, I I, I don't want to, like, fake it and tell you I can give you another name that I can think of that mightn't have been a better coach. Who knows what it would have been like had they hired A.J. Hinch. I don't even know how A.J. filled out his staff. I do know the pitching coach that they had in Detroit was somebody that the White Sox very badly wanted, this, this young pitching coach from Michigan. And had they went with A.J. Hinch, he would have gotten the job, although I've heard great things about the White Sox pitching coach and uh, that he was the coach for Giolito in high school and a few other guys. I mean, he coached a couple – there's like a pitching factor out at that school in California where Giolito and a few of these other guys came out of. Uh, he's worked with some very prominent big – I think Jack Flaherty might be one of them too if I'm not mistaken – um, in high school, he's worked with some very big-time uh, MLB pitchers. Now, so uh, I've heard great things about him. I don't know too much about him, but as far as bench coach, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I can't give you another name, but just knowing Miguel Cairo a little bit and knowing, um, you know, the the type of player he was, probably going to be a good fit to have that young sort of Latin voice to be next to Tony on the bench.
0: One thing now, there, there's been a lot of heat back and forth on the Tony Larusa hire. There's been a lot of guys that say that they hate it. There's a lot of guys that like it. And the only thing that I haven't heard this yet, Carmen. I've listened. I, like I said, I listen to you guys. I'm a P1. You guys are on my radio all day, <laughs> every day. From five, I, I literally heard as Cappy this morning on Jay Jay Will and those guys this morning at mm-hmm. five thirty. You know, it's it's seriously on my house at five thirty. You're up t-
1: earlier than me today.
0: Oh, dude, I'm up every morning like that. This Damn. fucking dog won't leave me alone. I huh. swear to. That's another thing. This dog, I shit you not. Anyways, um. What I was to say, Tony Larusa. One thing that I haven't heard thus far by by anybody that calls in, or even by you guys at the station. I watched Larusa manage for the better part of oh shit 10 years. ten years, ten years to ten years down there, and in, in the same division as my Cubs. Yeah, you know what I mean. And he and one thing that I I will say this: he is not going to put up with guys that hit fucking two hundred and five. He's not going to put up with that, and uh, that that's why I love. That's why I absolutely love the signing of Adam Eaton. He's going to be the guy that turns his team around like, listen, you got to slap at this. You're going to bunt. You got to bunt. You got to do this. You do this. You do what you got to do to win a fucking baseball game. And that's what I love about Larusa. And nobody has said that yet well, about
1: anybody. I think, but that's kind of the thing that I think scares me and a lot of people is that the game has changed so much since he did leave the dugout. And this idea that, well, he won't tolerate a guy that hits 205 or a guy that strikes out 200 times. Uh, I got news for you. You better be able to tolerate a guy who strikes out a lot. Whether you like it or not, that's baseball. That's baseball in 2021. That's just it. The game. uh, And, again, I'm not here to debate whether it's changed for the better or the worse. I mean, I'm an analytics guy, but I'll admit, I mean, I I don't love everything. The game has slowed down. The game has come to a screeching halt, quite frankly. I mean, I can't say that I'm crazy about that. But the way these teams are built and the way analytics are used, You better have a manager that understands a guy might strike out a whole bunch. A guy might strike out 150 times and still be your most valuable player. And that's what I'm a little worried about, is that Tony can no longer have the attitude you're not allowed to strike out. That's just the game today, especially from the guys that you put in the sort of traditional run-producing spots Uh, in the lineup. And that's the fear of having a guy like Tony LaRussa who is pushing 80 years old, who's going to be an octogenarian before we know it, boys. That's the fear that I think we all have. Look, I I hope that this year, next year, whenever uh, he's at the parade holding that trophy and I'll say, you know what? It worked. I mean, they might be able to have, they might win in spite of him because they've got so much talent. And Tony might be, in some weird way, exactly what they need, and I, I don't, I don't, I haven't meant to diminish Tony's career because I watched all of Tony Larusso's career virtually. I'm 44 years old. He was the first manager I remember of the White Sox. I'm old enough to remember him managing in Oakland, and quite frankly, changing baseball. Um, he revolutionized the way bullpens are used. Tony La Russa and Dave Duncan, the two of them, uh, absolutely, without debate, revolutionized modern. Bullpen usage. So, Tony's been on the forefront of some cutting edge stuff in baseball. I give him all of that due and respect because he's earned it and he's a Hall of Famer. But he's been out of that dugout for nearly a decade, guys. And the game has changed a lot since he's been away. And we'll see how we'll see how adaptable, I guess, he is.
2: Now, Carm, I know you said you'd like to see Larusa holding that trophy in the next two years. So, what are your what would you consider being a successful season? going forward for next year
1: um i think you got to make a little bit of a run here guys i mean you know like just getting to that well certainly you've got to make the playoffs i mean they can't backslide and miss that'd be terrible um you know make a make a little win a series you know if if, you know it's it's easy to say now in december like oh i'll just be happy if they win a series if they get to uh, next, let's let's assume the schedule is going to operate uh, as normal. If they get to next October and they win a series and then they get bounced in the LCS, I'll I'll be pissed. I mean, who are we kidding? Right. You know, right. but I, you know, I mean, I think that that's sort of like it. The very least what we should see in the progression here and winning series in October um, is not easy. I mean, I like we all know that Cubs fans know it and they won a lot and it's it's still you you feel like you're not satiated, right? But that also goes to show why baseball is maybe the hardest to win. I mean, there's just so much randomness uh, in October and there's so much randomness in short these short series or these one-game play-ins for the wild card and all that. I mean, uh, th- you know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's damn hard. But I, I do think that that should be like the next step in the progression here is you're back in the playoffs and you're a serious threat in the American League.
0: The Sox team is going to be good, Carm. We were just talking just before you, just before we got we we had you on here. If there's any team in Chicago that has any upside right now, it's the Chicago White Sox, and that's definitely a thing. One thing that's going on in Chicago, Chicago here, is the complete opposite shit show of the Chicago Bears. All right, now you and I, I had you on earlier on in the year, and you and I were talking about the Mitchell Trubisky pick. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you said he may go down as the biggest bust in Chicago sports history.
1: Are you still holding on to that? Are you still think the same thing? Uh, yeah. Well, it's going to go down as like the biggest flub, I think, in Chicago sports history. For yeah, you know, for sure. I mean, you know, is he technically the biggest bust? Probably not. Like, you know, Mitch just still started a lot of games in this league, and he's probably going to play for a considerable number of years uh, somewhere else as a backup and, and get his chance to spot start from time to time. You know, so is he technically the biggest bust? Maybe not, but it's going to be the biggest flub, I think, in Chicago sports history. I think it's the biggest flub in the NFL. And um, guys, I mean, we're going to be talking about this for not just us. I mean, it's it's not this is this is well, this is a well-known fact around the NFL. I mean, this looks worse by the game. Um, by the season. I mean, look at what Patrick Mahomes, we know what, what where Mahomes is, like his trajectory right now. Right. Uh, Deshaun Watson's playing the best football of his life, guys, with without nobody. without with nobody. And now <laughs> and now we lost Will Fuller and he still yeah. looked great last week against that Colts defense. I mean, he's he he's playing the best of his career and he's got nobody. So with each passing season, this looks worse and worse. Uh these two guys look like they are destined for all-time greatness. Uh, Certainly one of them. I mean, come on. I mean, like, what Mahomes is probably going to end up being when this is all said and done. You know, it's not a stretch. The greatest football player ever. Thank you. It's it's, it's not a stretch to Right now, we we're like, if we look at his arc, if we look at his trajectory and say, 10 more, more years of this, and he's going to be the greatest football player of all time. Oh I mean, that, that's where it's going, guys. It, this know, cracks so. me up here,
0: Carm. I'm sitting here this morning. I'm sitting here this afternoon. The Megster and I, Megalonoma, the Megalodon, Megan and I are sitting on the couch here. We're sitting there flipping through channels, and I'm watching the news here. And I come across the thing with Matt Nagy, and I, I had to rewind this fucking thing probably six or seven times, dude. Like, I'm not even joking yet. He said in this little presser, I don't know if it was today or yesterday, I don't know when it was. He said, and I quote, that storyline is never going to leave for any of those guys, meaning based on Mitch, Mahomes, and Watson. And and I quote again, it says, just like it doesn't for any of those quarterback classes you are into, usually they're all compared. That's where I get a little iffy. Okay, Usually they're not all compared. You know, you look at that 80, what was it, the 84 draft with all the Marino and all those guys? Uh, 83, all right? right? 83. I think that was 83. 83. Those guys weren't really compared. It was just like, oh, yeah, that's a great fucking pick. That's a great pick. That's a great pick. In this draft here, in the 2016, what, was 2017 draft? Yeah. You fucked up. Like, that's what's going to be, that's going to be the focal point on this going forward. Yeah. That's like drafting Sam Bowie over Jordan. Right. I mean, like, yeah, there's that, no that's question. what it's like. Yeah, and that's like I, I'm like, no, you're wrong. I think the
2: biggest thing, Mike, with that is the fact that the Bears moved up to get, right, uh, to get Trubisky. I feel like if they would have stayed where they were, it wouldn't be such a big deal. Yeah, he, they missed on him, but if they, they were so convinced convicted on Mitch Trubisky was the guy, and they just completely missed. It wasn't yeah. even close.
1: Yeah, I mean that, it, and and granted, you only moved up one spot, but you still traded a. a, a, a you know, you, you traded a lot of draft capital to do that. Um, you know, you had so much conviction that he was your guy, and it has turned out to be such a flub that it almost renders everything else Pace does or has done. Um, it almost renders it. I, I, I don't know. I don't. Absolutely, it's not the word I'm looking for. But um, it, it, like, it's so hard to it's so hard to give him a pass for any of the it good things that he has to. done. Yeah. I mean, like in a sense, it kind of does it, it. It just, it's like illustrating this incompetence that you had in the entire process where you kept it all to yourself. And for whatever reason, you were so convinced about it. You never bounced it off of anybody to get, uh, you know, different feedback. You know, you're, you never, you're supposed to have a consigliere for crying out loud in your organ, right. You're supposed to have a red team. You're supposed to have, it's supposed to be an exchange of ideas so that when you collaborate, you're, you're you know, you're not you you it's like you he had blinders on. Right. And you know, you better be damn sure. And it's blown up in his face. So it 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 almost makes everything else that he's done that's been good uh insignificant, I guess, guys, because you how do you overcome that kind of miss? And it is still got your franchise now in this perpetual cycle where you're trying to fix the quarterback problem. Um, and that's not an easy thing to do. And you know, you 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 took a you made a couple other reaches here to try to win with this defense he had. Now, uh, hoping that the quarterback uh, was not going to be a problem, uh, but he is. So you know, that's come back, like that's circling back to sort of haunt you as well. And you know, it's left you in a spot where you. You've got a lot of problems to fix,
0: uh, yeah. a lot. You know, absolutely. And- well,
1: the thing that, that I look
0: at too, like I'm not, I'm not a Mitch fan, man. Anybody that listens to this, my show here knows I'm not a Mitch fan. I call into you guys and I bitch about Mitch all the time. <clears throat> I am not a Mitch guy, but you don't even know what this kid can be because you never put anything in front of him. You know, like that, like I, like you and I were talking about before the season even started. When I had you Carm, I was f- livid that they did not go after. Like I said, yeah. the big corn-fed boys, you know, get some big fat boys up front to help block for this kid. If he's your quarterback going forward, you got to get somebody to protect this kid. And I made a post earlier today. I'm sitting there, I'm watching Peyton's Places. I'm I'm just, today's my off day. I'm just being a fuck <laughs> off all day, all right? But I'm sitting there watching Peyton's Places, and two of the best quarterbacks that, that have ever done it, ever done it, Joe Namath and Peyton Manning. They're saying, yeah, we can make every single throw that we need to make, but it all starts with the guys up front. We don't like getting touched. You got to have protection to make those throws. And I said like the Chicago Bears need to take, you know, listen to these two guys. They know what the hell they're talking about. Where do the Bears go on now from this? Obviously, you don't have the fifth, you didn't pick up the fifth-year option on Mitch. You still got foals over the next two two years. If you yourself were part of the 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 brass up there at Hallis Hall, Carm, what are you doing? Where did
1: where do they need to go? Well, you're certainly drafting – you're coming out of the 2021 draft with a quarterback. Now, it might not be ideal, and you might not be bad enough to get one of the, the four guys that you want to get. But at some point somewhere in the draft, you know, you're going to have to walk away with a quarterback. Uh, it's, it's a travesty that in Ryan Pace's six drafts, he's drafted one quarterback. And the one, as we've discussed for the last few minutes, uh, is an all-time miss. That's the one quarterback he's drafted in six years. It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. Uh, I mean, plain and simple. And now, you know, you, you are sort of paying for that and you have to come out of 2021 with a quarterback. Um, you have to draft an offensive lineman, probably, especially, I guess it depends on how these last four weeks go, guys. Like if the whole thing implodes and they don't win another game, you know, we'll be, we'll be talking differently because then they will have improved their draft, uh, position, obviously. Uh, maybe still not as high as you'd like because they got off to that 5-1 and one start, which just seems silly at this point. So if everything collapses and they don't win again, you know, we, we could be, yeah, and I hate that we have to do that, but you're right. I mean, it sucks yeah. that they put us in this position. Bastards. Uh, you know, <laughs> like, if we could be talking differently a month from now if uh, we get to Jan 4 and they're firing everybody because they didn't win another game. But if they do, and it's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, this league is goofy, guys. I mean, I, as bad as they are, they can, the another, are good. Wow, my God. they can win another, <laughs> believe it or not, like they could win another two games, you know, and if that oh, happens, no, now you've got seven and you're certainly going to be stuck probably somewhere in the middle of the first round. And you know, you're going to have to be thinking about an O-lineman. You need two tackles, I think, guys. May I, I can't tell you that I can, I cannot diagnose, uh, or, or, I don't even want to start to uh, give you some sort of long-term prognosis. Samuel um, on, on, and Liam Eichenberg. well i'm talking about uh, uh hambrite who they drafted last year later oh. i mean i, I don't even want to oh, oh ham no, burrito Hambright? There, there's no point in going down that road i'd be lying to you if i could tell you that i've ever watched any tape of him or knew him coming out of college or anything so you know uh if they have an idea that Hambright can play one of those spots next year maybe i i really don't know but the chances are you're going to have to come out with a couple of offensive linemen, two new tackles, whether that's in free agency, uh, Hambright. You got to think at least one of those two is going to have to come from the draft. So now you need a tackle. Uh, you need to come out of the draft with a quarterback. You know, and that's not all you need either. But you're talking about arguably the two most important, significant positions on the field. Certainly, your two most important uh, offensively: a left tackle and a quarterback. And you've got to come out of the same draft. Uh, with those two positions, it's it's not it's not going to be easy, guys. It's not going to be an easy fix. And you're and tied, just, you're kind of tied to Foles next year, too.
2: That just, like, even glor- uh, magnifies how poorly Pace is done in the draft because all these problems, you know, like cap space next year is going to be an issue because That's they signed Cleo Mack absolutely. because Leonard Floyd was a bust. You know what I mean? They had to sign Allen Robinson because Kevin White, didn't play any games. You know what I mean? And it's all these problems every year that he tries to put band-aids on. And that's why this team is just going to be in a mess going forward for the next couple of years.
1: If you're constantly chasing in free agency, uh, it's very true. I mean, normally it's because you're throwing money at some of your deficiencies in terms of how you've drafted and how you've developed. That's why you're throwing money uh, or making trades that you know, quite frankly, I don't know that it's so easy to say the Bears won. I mean, I don't, I really don't think they did. It is great, and Khalil's a great player. I mean, he is, and and I know it's easy to sort of dog him now, and and rightfully so. Like he needs to show up on the stat sheet, guys. He's he's paid, uh, uh you know, uh, in, in accordance with what the great defensive players in this league are paid, and you know he has to do his part. I mean, I get it. Um, I think it's a little easy to pick on him right now, but he doesn't need us to to baby him or defend him. He's got to be better. But but all in all, Khalil has been a great player, uh, and certainly he was in 18. But history shows you that the team that gets the draft picks always wins the trades in the NFL. Always. The team that gets the two first rounders always wins. And then, you know, what they spun one of those later round picks off into. I mean, Adam Johns did a good article on this about a month ago at The Athletic, where, you know, you got the diagrams of what the Raiders have done and what they spun some of that capital into to acquire. And guys, the Raiders won the trade. I mean, I'm sorry, they, they did. The Raiders won the trade,
0: Matt, because his contract no. is so high. His contract, Absolutely put not. almost every other team underneath the cap. Yeah, you know, like it, it's it's it sucks, man. Right, it would
1: accrue, you'd have everything roll over, you'd have all that the way they did it. And I'm not at the NFL cap, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert, but you know, they spread that, but that pro, you know, they, that that bonus when you spread it out, it all. It falls onto their books. Uh, they, like it's right. just the dead money that hit that they take makes it almost impossible for them. Right,
0: it's yeah. almost impossible. Right, yeah. now we do we we do have. I wrote an article and I put it up to the to the word to the twelfth WordPress this week. I think some of the bright spots. I mean, I'm not trying to shit on the entire season as a whole, Carm. <laughs> I have seen some bright spots of this team thus far. In the last two weeks with uh, with David Montgomery, him coming off the concussion protocol and uh, the bye week, looking great against the Packers and great against the, the Detroit Lions. And then Darno Mooney, who seems to amaze me each and every time I see the guy on the field. The kid reminds me of a young Tyreek Hill. If you compare the numbers, I'm, I now listen, I know that's a high standard. It is. Tyreek Hill is – the I'll guy is amazing. Wait. Yeah, he, he's, he's amazing, but when you look at the speed and you look at the tape and you watch watch Darnell Mooney completely blow up Jalen Ramsey off the line in that yeah, Rams I love game it, love that. four out of seven times, it was beautiful. It was yeah. a thing to see. Not too many people can do that against Jalen Ramsey.
1: Um, what are some of the bright spots that you see on this team right now? Well, that's definitely one of them and maybe the biggest one. I, I, I can't disagree with you, Mike, and I've been impressed virtually the, the whole season. And really, if you, if you go back and track it, guys, and um, I mean, I'm not breaking news to you. I mean, I, I by week three, it seemed like he was their choice as a number two over Anthony Miller. I mean, didn't it kind of feel that way? And if you look yeah. at the snap count, I think, you know, you um, the snap count just uh, indicates that too. I mean, I think he has quickly... Uh, jump to the front of the line in terms of who they want to be opposite of uh, of Allen. Now, you know, uh, because of his size and, you know, where he's going to operate mostly, is he a true number one? Probably not. But there's a lot to like about him. His speed... Like you said, Mike, his ability to get open. Um, I mean, we're always going to be remembering that that movie put on Jalen Ramsey. Unfortunately, Nick uh, Foles couldn't complete the pass to him. But yeah, you know, no when when you see a young right, when you see a young guy like that flash the ability to get open, not just speed, but to get open with route running, to get open right. off the line, to get away from guys. His uh, IQ—that's that, that's huge. I mean, there's no doubt that that is absolutely huge. And you know, again, that like that's one pick that you look at Ryan Pace, and you know. We should be giving him credit for that, right? But it's just so hard to be positive about anything because some of, some of the mistakes and the most glaring mistake that we always circle, the one that we've discussed and like that, it, it's it, it's almost like going forward, he's in a no win position because of how bad um, the first two rounds of seventeen were with Mitch and Shaheen. You know, it's just we should be giving him credit for Darnell Mooney. That Darnell Mooney looks like fingers crossed. It's going to be a great find for the Bears, you right? Know? Well, like do, you, I, do you see
2: a scenario right. where Bates or Nagy come back at this point?
1: Um, I mean, I, yeah, I, I guess I wouldn't totally rule it out, guys. Um, you know, That's <laughs> uh, not what you want to hear, right? I wouldn't totally rule it out. If I had to put a percentage on it as we sit here right now with four games to go, my best guess would be like 70-30 that they're gone. Maybe 65 35 that they're oh, gone. Oh geez, that's even worse. 70-30 that they're gone. That, that, <laughs> that, that's
0: better than what I thought it was going
1: yeah. to be. Yeah, to be honest. I, I'd say it's about 70-30 that they're that do you they're think they gone. fire both or only fire one? I or, think they do both. I, I'm you know, I'm not sure it makes much sense um, to do, to just ditch one of them, to be honest. I mean, I, I think if you're really gonna change here and start over again, uh, I think you need to bring in a couple of guys that are you know married to one another that are lockstep. I mean, I, it'd be silly to bring in a new GM and say. Maggie's your coach for another year, uh, and vice versa. I mean, I, I don't, you know, I don't know why you'd want to give Maggie another chance at this point, and and have a, a GM tied into him. And I, I just think if listen, if you're going to break it off at this point, you might as well break it off clean.
0: How do you not know about Josh Woods, the greatest special teams player on the planet? Uh, I mean, Josh
1: Woods. <laughs> I, I, I literally, we started texting each other. And I'm like, Josh Woods, who's that? Is that a player on the Bears? I mean, Josh Woods has zero defensive snaps this year. Why is Laura open asking Josh Woods about what the defense is going to do? Oh. He has zero defensive snaps in 12 games. Zero. Oh, I had the reporters had are getting desperate
2: on this team. Oh, I,
1: I mean, mean I'm like, what is that? Yeah. I talked to Josh Woods. I thought she made a mistake. I'm like, Josh Woods, who? Uh, the beer guy, you know Josh Woods. Josh Woods. I mean, give me a break. Unbelievable. That's <laughs> the, the guy who you know it's gotten bad. In the ice bath. You know yeah, that. Right, Woods. that guy. That's how you know it's gotten bad oh, when the fuck. sideline reporter is quoting what Josh Woods thinks the defense has to do. A guy who has zero defensive plays this year. Stop it. <laughs> oh, crazy. Kyron, my man. Thanks for coming on with us again. All I got right, one boys. more question
0: for you. How does your? How do you? Uh, you know, I. Uh, I I have a fiance here and three dogs, and it's it's sometimes hard for me to get here and do do the shows and stuff like that. How do you? What's what's? Give me the give me the advice that like how do I be like? Hey babe, I got a show to do. I got to do this shit really quick. Listen, you do this stuff all day. You got
1: kids. You got a wife. You got the whole nine. This is what we do. You know, luckily my kids are uh, a little bit uh, older and self sufficient now. I mean, not that they. I mean, my kids are. They'll be nine and seven in the spring. You know, they're they're eight and six. Um, but you know, at that age, they're. You can kind of tell them, hey, go put something on the TV or go play on your iPad, and they've got no problem doing that. It's like, hey, Dad's got to do something for work, so I'm going gonna of – This is my little corner of the basement. I get in, like my little man corner. Yeah, it looks mall. pretty dope go. back Not there. A whole right? let, me, let me zoom yeah. in on
0: there real quick. What do you yeah. got there? You got uh, some cool got shit going, going on there. Stuff.
1: You know, I got like you know, old pictures. Uh, there you pictures go. Of me and some, you know, I got, I got some of my memorabilia. I got pictures of uh, you know famous people that have been in studio with us or people That's that we nice. hung with. At the serves me and York and Snoop, if you can see that. What? Did you guys yeah. smoke? With him? No, we didn't smoke with them actually. What? We Come on, yeah. man. Yeah. No. That do would have been I don't even smoke. I don't even smoke and that would have been cool. Like believe me, I get <laughs> if if Snoop, if we if we would have had the chance where he said you guys want to come out to the truck i would have and i would have had him say yeah i mean I, yeah, you know, like, yeah how I, do you that how do i not do that all, all like, my lady like bond was yeah. Snoop. are you fucking kidding me <laughs> yeah, i mean i would me and bond were i absolutely would have it the spn van it would have been the coolest shit on the planet. it, it, it would it would have been great i would have done it but the, the opportunity didn't afford, uh, present itself but yeah you know i kind of i can come down to my corner talk to you guys i do my whiskey wednesday reviews down here usually and you know the kids—they're—they're they're running around doing their old thing. They're like they, they play. my son's obsessed with Minecraft. So you know, and most of the day, if he's—if we don't force him to do homework or read, he's on his, uh, I, you know, he's on his iPad playing uh, Minecraft. Yeah, I got a so six-year-old
2: too, Carmen. He's the same way. Watching, watching like Preston or oh watching yeah, Preston all these other. Plays. Yeah, yep, oh, that's his God. favorite guy right now is Preston. Like, my son too, don't he you loves just him. Play the game instead of yeah, watching. him play I don't right. get it,
1: but the minute the minute I criticize them, then people go, Well, you idiots watch grown men play sports for a living. And I'm like, eh, I guess that's true. Touché, touché. <laughs> I guess you're right. It is what yeah. it is. Yeah, so
0: I sit here and I play Madden all day today. That's exactly how I watched the stooges and I played Madden all day. And I'm a 32-year-old grown ass man. Sounds so, like a good I mean, life. Yeah, I'm just hanging out doing my own thing. Not Carter, bad. my man,
1: thanks for joining us again. Tonight, boys. I
0: really do appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time out of your busy day. I'll make sure to retweet your whiskey Wednesday. Which one was it on tonight?
1: Uh, tonight we did the new uh, release, uh, batch 026 from Barrel Bourbon, which just came out about a month ago. You see that? Right, I'm, right, I, yeah. I, I, like, I like this company. They, they source uh, tons of whiskey from all over the country, and then they blend it themselves. But they they have become sort of like the standard bearer uh, in the marketplace for these great blends, and they're they're really good. So that's the one I did tonight. Has a nice color. I'm going to have to try Yo, it. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, it's delicious. So All right, Carmen. Thank you, my Hi, friend. I Thanks, really, Carmen. Appreciate Later, my you man. You right, guys. See ya. All right,
0: guys. Fucking dude, I fucking love Carver, man. He cracks me up, dude. He's funny as shit. Like I said, half the time I'm just calling him and bitching at him, and like I just shoot him a text, like when the Bears are sucking, like, like every the last six weeks, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like every Sunday and Monday the last six weeks where I get fucking pissed off and drunk enough to fucking ready to throw my remote through my television and touchdown slant touchdown spike my TV right in the middle of my living room. That's what it's like. I told like
2: I, you, I told you I was watching the game on Sunday with my kid, right? First time I've ever gotten him to like sit in the same room for an extended length of time and watch football with me, right? Right. Because it was entertaining. The Bears were doing well. They were throwing the ball and this. And then they lost. And he looks at me with this face and goes, Dad, they lost. And I was like, get used to it, son, because it's gonna happen all your life. And then he just left. And I was like, yeah. that, I live in Wisconsin. It's so difficult to keep my kids Bears fans when I live up here. Listen, They go to school with all these kids who are Packer fans. It is so difficult.
0: Oh, uh, Dude, like, I'm serious. Like, I'm to the point now I, I listen, dude, I, I love the Bears, man. I love the fucking Bears. I've been a Bear fan ever since I could remember. Like, I'm not even joking. Since before, like, I was watching football all the time. My dad would make me sit like on his ass. Like I would sit with him on the couch and we would watch the Bears game and then we'd go out and throw the baseball around or we'd go out to the garage and start building shit mm-hmm. or he'd scream at me and hit me with a belt because I was being a fucking dick bag. <laughs> all right. Like, you know, like it got to that point, but like ever since I can remember, I've been a Bears fan and it's to the point now where It's so – like, this dude, this loss to the Detroit Lions this last week was so comical. Like, you could almost predict it. Like, Eric Lambert, he's been on with us, what, each of the last three weeks with us, talking football with us from Sports Mockery, Eric Lambert. He even said, when the Bears got the ball on that last drive, it smells like a Mitch Trubisky turnover right now. Yeah, I seen. Yeah, he said uh, it was like, it was like no, he fumble. said interception. Yeah, yeah, interception. Interception, yeah, interception. Yeah, and it turns and it, out to be a fucking fumble. Yeah, I retweeted that throw shit. I was up. like, I was like, it was interception. It's the same thing, really. And listen, I'm not. Listen, I, as much as I shit on Mitch, man, as much as I shit on Mitch, I know that this isn't all Mitch's problem. Okay, I know that you know. Hey, you never know what the fuck this kid could have been if you would have thrown some offensive line in this in in front of him. I didn't like the draft pick of Mitch moving up a spot to draft him when you could have drafted him at three as it is anyways, because he's not that great of a fucking quarterback. Right. Absolutely. If you want to experiment, at least put something, put protection around your experiment. That's what I'm trying to say. Yep. All right. You're not going to sit there. You're not going to, if you're going to, if you're going to set off a stick of dynamite in front of your face without, without a lead wall in front of you, you know what I mean? That's your own fault. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the problem. You know what I mean? It's, Listen. Who knows? I I could be wrong. I got a couple bets out there going right now. All right, I know a I know a couple guys out there right now. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I got a couple bets out there right now that we Mitch is going to be a Mitch Mitch Trubisky going to be a Pro Bowler in the next three years. Yeah, lunch bets, money bets. I don't fucking think so. And if he is, if he is, if he is, all, it's all. not on the Bears. Right. It's, it's not, not happening here. It's not happening here. Exactly. Sometimes.
2: Sometimes an athlete needs to leave a space. You know what I mean? And will it suck? Like, let's say uh, he goes to the Patriots next year, right? And Bill Belichick turns him into, you know, an eight-time Pro Bowler, two World, two Super Bowl champions. Right. Like, then that's what happens, right? Then clearly the coaching staff that we had for him didn't work. But the thing is, you can't – you're at this point where like, okay, Pace sucks, Nagy sucks, Mitch isn't what we thought he was, Right. So you can't just keep him and keep It's – it'd be the same thing like with Cutler, right, where they turned over the coach, turned over the GM, still wasn't working.
0: They're like, Eight oh, well, we'll turn over the coach and coordinator,
2: Right. right. It, it just doesn't work sometimes. Sometimes the guy needs a different coach, a different organization. And if that's the case,
0: so be it. And the, the, the nothing, nothing's greater than uh, nothing's a greater example of that than Randy Moss leaving Minnesota to go to Oakland, where he fucking suffered for three seasons, yep. or four seasons, or whatever it was, and then goes on out there to New England and fucking flourishes. Yeah, you know imagine I mean? if he would have went to New England instead of Oakland altogether. I mean, imagine if he would have just stayed in Minnesota, where they had a fucking yeah. quarterback. Yep. You're going to you're, you're, you're go out and throw this guy behind Jamarcus Russell, for crying <laughs> out loud? You're Are you about shitting Mark, me? That's
2: for sure. Yeah,
0: talk about a bust. At yeah. least Mitch is not Jamarcus Russell or Ryan Leaf. All right, yeah. But, he, you know, that's that's a fucking bust because in front of Jamarcus Russell, he had Robert Gallery, a great left tackle, blindside tackle to protect him. He had a decent old line out there, all right? He just didn't have any ability to throw a fucking ball. He didn't <laughs> have the smarts to understand a defense. Right, that was, that's what Jamarcus Russell's problem was. The guy can he could sit there and throw a throw a football through a fucking steel door. Yep, he had arm strength and he had the he had the he had one of the tire, tightest spirals I've ever seen on a ball. And the guy had arm strength, bro. I seriously watched that guy from on his knees throw a ball through the fucking uprights at his own twenty-five yard line. He threw the ball seventy-five yards on his fucking knees, that's legit. Wild. All right, that's how strong that guy's arm was. The problem was he is fucking dumb. All right, he couldn't understand what a defense looked like. He was a fuck. There, I would fucking you could coach a hammer to throw a fucking to be a better quarterback than that guy. Mitch at least has a brain. I mean, I don't know, man. Let's be honest,
2: Mitch has a brain. Mitch has a brain. I would just—he's not dumb. Yes, I, I get that, but he definitely struggles when it comes to reading defenses. So I wouldn't like say that he's smart. At football, I don't think he's dumb because I mean I've never played football, but I'm not. You know, I'm not Mitch.
0: It, to, to bring something up here, Chris Chris Gonzalez brings up something. He said, like, "Go look how Sean Payton is scheming his offense around Taysom Hill. It's detrimental with Nagy. It's detrimental." That Nagy can't be successful with Mitch. Nagy does not have an identity in three years, and he even tried with Foles, but Mitch was more successful with his with this offense. You're right. Mitch is more successful, and the only reason Mitch is more successful in this offense than Foles is because he can move out of the pocket and extend a play right. and extend play time. That's why he is more successful than Nick Foles. Accuracy-wise, they both fucking suck. Yeah. All right. And in that, in that, my that, opinion, and Maggie no your reason, go ahead and go look at some of this shit that Taysom Hill did in BYU. All right. Go go ahead and look. Like that dude's accuracy, like his passing accuracy rating was fucking skyrocketed through the roof. The guy just never played a full season out there because he got hurt every fucking year. All right. Yep. Now the guy's half bionic, and that's why he's doing that's why they call the guy. That's one of the reasons why they call the guy the human Swiss Army knife. Right. Because half of him is fucking steel and replaced. All okay. right. Like literally, like the guy has two fake knees, a replaced hip, and a fucking, and like a steel shoulder. Like the guy's insane. Okay. Yeah. But the reason why Taysom Hill is is, is successful because it's his way. It's right. Not your way. It's not any other way. He knows how to work around a quarterback's strengths. All right. Yeah. Taysom, Hill is, Taysom Hill's strength. He's only throwing the ball 15 to fucking 20. I don't even think he's throwing the ball 20 times yet. Right. And that Taysom mill strength is listen, we're going to use you in a wildcat form. That's what we're going to do with you. Yep. We're going to make you throw little junk and jogger passes, pretty much exactly what Drew Brees is doing now anyways. Slant routes to Michael Thomas off a of fucking 5 yards because Drew Brees' arm, yeah, he can he don't he used to. like spaghetti noodle me you now. You know what I mean? Yep. I, I don't know, man. It, no, like, so I, I I definitely
2: don't think Nagy did any favors for Mitch. No, I think in 2018 you've seen Nagy utilized Mitch the best he could. That was the best. No, Mitch I mean, you
0: know, that's, that's not even the thing, though, Angelo. Like that, I'm so fucking. I'm not trying to cut you off. No, but cool. I'm so sick of this argument too. In 2018, he used Nagy the best of his possibility, best of a best of his abilities. No, he didn't. What Nagy did is absolutely nothing. The defense was so good that year yeah. that the ball was consistently in the hands of the Bears' offense. That's why Mitch looked so good. He had so many other opportunities to look good or to fuck up. Plain and simple. He yeah. had so much more body of work. I do think because in 2019,
2: I think, I think Nagy wanted to prove a point in 19. I think it was, hey, I'm going to run the offense the way I want to run it, and Mitch is not going to understand it. And that's why they struggled so badly last year. And this year, I just think the offensive line has been so bad. The team has been so bad. There's not enough impact playing play out by the defense. You know what I mean? And it shows in the interview after the game last Sunday when they asked Nagy, "What do you have to do to fix this?" And he said, "I don't know." Right there, that's it. That was to me. That's the nail in the Nagy coffin he's done. You cannot bring that guy back. He just and it's not his fault necessarily, but you just you can't keep beating a dead horse, right? That's what they say. And that's what they're doing with this team. I'm just at this point I'm looking forward to um you know the <laughs> the breakup and rebuilding the life. You know what I mean? Like I've told you that this Bears team reminds me of a shitty relationship where you're just getting Abused, yelled at all this shit. And then right. my week came, you took a break, you went to your parents' house, they went to their parents' house, and you're like, Oh well, I miss you. They came back the next week, and it's the same shit.
0: Yeah, no, eventually that's the, you have to call it quits. Right. And th- listen, man, like I said, I'm not blaming this all on Mitch because it's not, you know, it's a, again the quote fucking famous Greg Braggs. All right, it's not all on Mitch. If you, no, would have, yeah, absolutely. If you would have given this kid something to protect him, he—you don't know what he could become. All right, this the, the, honestly, you don't know what the ceiling is for this kid. But the the way they built this team, where they strictly went, you know, still maintaining that old school thought of monsters of the midways being the defensive side of the ball. Right. I'm so fucking sick of that. I'm yeah. so st- – Monsters of the Midway.
2: This is Chicago-based. This is Chicago Fuck football. This, shit. this is Bears football. Chicago Bears
0: football is defense. Well, look, let me tell you something. When, the last, when was the last time a fucking defense won a championship? The, one, the last time Peyton Manning was in the World Series? I mean, the Peyton Super Bowl – The last time Peyton Manning was in the World Series? Just fucking never. All right? All right? No, no, I'm joking. I All bet right? the, the Super Bowl. That was probably it. No, but like legit, yeah. I mean, the Broncos were a very good Super Bowl defensive team. They were they, they were a very good defense. the The Baltimore, um, I almost called them Baltimore fucking Orioles. The Baltimore Ravens. All right. The last time the Baltimore We got the Ravens. baseball and football all mixed up. Yeah, we're all fucking today. It's yeah. all right. Well, fuck it. This this shows a shit show, anyways. It's cool. But no, like honestly, the, you, there's been team after team at the team. team where you've seen mediocre to bottom half of the league defenses win the fucking championship. Most recently, the Kansas City fucking Chiefs of last year. All yeah. right, They were not a very good defense. They just put up a fuck ton of points. All right, yeah. Sam Francisco had an awesome defense going to last year. Everybody was talking about their defense. Everybody's talking about their defense. What did Mahomes do? Mahomes fucking came back and beat them in the Super Bowl. That's what Mahomes did. That's exactly what Mahomes... Yeah. Mahomes, You need a good offense, man. You need a good offense. That's why I play. hope
2: that, that Watson comes in there. And as much as I... I, I hate when the Bears lose, man. Oh, and too like hard. like Carm said, it sucks that we're at this point, yeah. right? It's not, our, it's not my fault that we're at this point. It's the Bears and the organization's fault. Right. But at this point, the only way to nail this down, that Pace and Nagy need to be gone is for Watson to come in and destroy the Bears. And that's it. Yeah. Because then you've lost to Patrick Mahomes, you can't beat Aaron Rodgers and now you've lost to Deshaun Watson, the two guys taken after him. And that's it. Boom, that's that's the only way I feel to assure that Casey Nagy will be gone.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I I I'm hoping for the same exact thing. I made a Twitter poll earlier today about what uh, we got? Our buddy Tim Sutton. Call it 2020. The Indian took away half the org- uh, half our organization. <laughs> Jesus Christ! But anyways, um, no. Like <laughs> I want to see. I really want to see Deshaun Watson come in here and just go fucking ham, dude. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to see. And then, like you said, maybe George McCaskey, that old fucking bet Virginia McCaskey. Maybe the 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 nurses that push them around in their fucking wheelchairs will be like, "Hey, listen, you got to fire people now because this is bad." Deshaun Watson just threw for fucking five hundred yards and six. Bro, times. I see it happening for sure. I hope so, He's gonna record. He's dude, struggled last, last week. No. Bears. I'm Bro. not trying to shit on the Bears. I no. love the fucking Bears. I do. But enough's enough of this shit already. For anybody that's pulling for this team to win any of their last fucking four games is fucking batshit.
2: Yeah, I've heard the, oh, well, you want them to lose? You're not a real fan. At the same time, what's best for this organization right now? And that's to lose, right? Yeah. No.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean. I thought Real you fans would there. want that, right? You're still going there. I, that's why I shut up. I thought you were still going there. No. No, yeah. No, that's the, that's the best thing for this organization right now. It's for them to completely shit the bed on the rest of the season yep. and get a higher draft pick. That's the best case scenario for this team right now. Megan, what do you think? Megan says, fuck you, I'm out of here. That's what Megan says. All right? But no, like, legit, like, that's the best thing for this organization right now. But it's not going to work unless you get these fucking dildos out of the office. Yep. Is if you let Ryan Pace draft another fucking team, another guy that's within the top 15 picks of this organization, I am going to lose my fucking mind. I am going to go absolutely fucking bananas. If you let this fucking dipshit draft another guy in, as a Chicago Bear fucking headsman.
2: Like, Honestly. like Sylvie has said many times, there's, there's Sylvie from ESPN 1000, for those of you that don't know. Yeah. Um, you cannot let this guy pick again period. He has screwed up every single draft. He uh, he might have one or two really, you know, okay guys here and there, but as a whole has he picked five guys on this team that are going to be you know, future, you know, game breakers? No, I don't believe so.
0: Yeah, no. There's there's no big game breakers, man. Right. There's really not. So, there's not. I mean, you the, the, what the thing is here, we got Ron says, says this, real fans look at the big picture, and I wholeheartedly agree. Ron Rupnow, our guy, I spoke with him today. Ron's good people, he constantly he always listens to us, and it was good to touch base with him today. I'm, yeah. I, I I missed Ronnie, but anyways, he, he says, real fans think of the big picture, and he's 100% right. I don't want to see what we saw three years ago where the Bears make the playoffs and then an 8-8, and now this fucking shit show. Yeah, I don't want to see that. I want to see New England Patriots win the fucking division. I want to see the Green Bay fucking Packers where you win the division. Oh, chill out, Pack Mike. Oh, no. I'm just kidding. I'm I'm just kidding. You can fucking swallow that mic. I don't care. All right? I'm serious. That's what I want to see. I want to see consistent winning constantly. That's what I want to see. I want to see a basis of a winning organization. Because right now you're a fucking laughing stock in the NFL. Yeah, there are sh- there are dog shit, dog shit teams out there with way less talent than the Chicago Bears have, that are in way better situations yep. than the Chicago Bears.
2: And the worst thing is, is the Bears are to the NFL. The Bears are the charter fa- franchise, yes, right? They're a fucking and,
0: charter franchise.
2: Yeah, and right now you would expect that team to be. A the top Steelers. 10 contending team every year, right? Yep. Steelers. And you haven't even been that. You've been that, what? What'd they say? Four times in the last 20 years? Five in the last. You've had 10 years. In, you had a 10 or above winning record? Five in the last 25 years. That's insane. That's fucking pathetic. That's insane. Aaron Rodgers falls out of bed with an 11 win season. Yeah. It's It's sick. Man, and now I'm all pissed off. We started the show so good with baseball talk. Yeah. I still like
0: baseball, but no, this is what it is though. Man, this conversation has to be had. It's you know, I I just think for you guys, I mean, I don't know if you guys probably didn't read anything because nobody reads anything anymore unless they're taking a shit. But you know, I I did write an article. So the next time you take a shit, look at my article and you can think of me. All right. All right, but I did I wrote an article. It's like this is fucking embarrassing, dude. You know, like this is this is dog shit. This fucking organization is fucking terrible. George McCaskey, he George McCaskey and Virginia McCaskey don't even know that they own a fucking NFL franchise. Yeah. Well, no, she was Virginia was pissed off. She was was pissed off. off. Getting wheeled the wrong way because she thought she was supposed to be going home at halftime. Where am I? Ah! Fucking just. Keel over already. Oh my God. Give the team to George. Let George sell it. Because the only reason that George is key, the only reason that it's kept around is because she's still around for Crying Out Loud. Somebody dug these people up before the game these last two weeks and threw them in the press box. They look all fucking delirious. They have no idea what they're doing. Oh
2: man, yeah. It's uh it's a pain in the ass. Um what are the picks for Thursday's game? Well, Thursday night's game, we got New England and the Rams. You're done talking about the Bears, Andrew. Yeah, man, I'm done. They piss me off. You're and done. I, I don't want to, dude. I want to talk about every it single before. week, every single show. It goes back to this fucking team, yeah. and it just pisses me off at the end. And then I'm mad for the next 20 minutes after the trail. So I'm done with
0: it. Um, we got to hold on really quick. We got some pretty good comments. Maybe this will make you want to talk some more Bears. Chris Gonzalez says a four billion dollar franchise gives us this, gives us these shit hires and false hope. Bingo. Fucking ding ding ding. What is the Chicago Bears? Did I win the Jeopardy question because I think I did. And then Thank Tim you. Sutton says squeak squeak take me to my room. That's McCaskey. <laughs> oh
2: man. Fucking Right. Crazy I grown, like what Ron said too, man. That the real fans look at the bigger picture. And that's the truth. That's and for the people who are like, "Oh, you guys, why would you ever root for your team but the bigger picture with this team?" Is that what they've been doing? for the last 20, 25 years, hasn't worked, right? They need to lose to get everybody out of there, to get a better draft pick, and hopefully, hopefully, this is the the writing on the wall for the McCaskies. Hey, this franchise or this fan base is not going to settle for what we've settled for. And I'm hoping. They're lucky there are no fans in the stands this year because I think... Oh man, Jesus. You thought people booed when Cutler would turn the ball over at the worst time? I missed, I missed Bro, that. this the fans would destroy this team.
0: It would be over. Yeah. I know. I know. It sucks. It sucks. So yeah, yeah we do got we got, we do got to make our pick em Angelo. Yeah. We do got to make our pick em our pick em for tomorrow <laughs> night. as we do every week on talking football and every week on the Fat Mike show, we do make our pickems for the week. What is the record? I know. Oh, I never mind. I didn't even want to go. over No, right. we'll do
2: that on Tuesday, on, had, Sunday.
0: I had, I had, on Sunday. That was. I had a bad week. I'm pretty sure the only game I got right was Washington against the Steelers. <laughs> but I did pick that one. So fuck yeah. Yeah, we'll,
2: we'll we'll see, man. I I don't think you did as bad as you would think, but I don't know That's if right, you
0: got better the week, man. And I fucking nailed it, Tyler. You did. Again, Tyler again, his lock of the yeah. week got fucking shit on. Yeah. <laughs> Mitch Your big ball is better the week, man. That was that was
2: legit. I mean, Did? and of course, I said last Sunday, I was like, every time I pick against the Steelers, they always win because I'm like, oh, they're bound to lose. But this week, I'll pick the Steelers, and then they fucking lose. Like, <laughs> I picked the Steelers the last five weeks to to lose. Against the last six weeks to lose, and now they fucking. Lose. <laughs> and then the, that's just been me this whole that's, last it's month. And me and the half. Jets. Me, me, and yeah. every
0: New York sports team. Yeah. Like I said, I wouldn't mind if New York just burned down to the ground. I wouldn't care if there was a weird earthquake where it separated New York State and Florida and just sent them out into the middle of the fucking ocean. Like, literally. Like, I'm just get rid of both of them. Florida is where people go to die, and New York That's has true. shitty sports teams. It's where all the people go to retire. Right. So, there we go. So, let's do that. We got New England against the Rams tomorrow night. I think it's New Islanders England. I think it's Tyler did pick the Rams. Angelo, where are Mike, you going who are to pick? You gonna pick? Oh. oh, I killed it off first. Uh, I, the guns. I
2: am going to take... It's hard, man, because New England's been so shitty. On and off, inconsistent. I'm going to take uh, the
0: Rams. Ooh, and I'm going to go New England. I think the Pats are going to make a crazy, weird fucking stage. I, would, I, I wouldn't be surprised either way. Bill Belichick man is best coaching year of all time this year with a fucking quarterback that has literally thrown i think less than 10 touchdowns all year. I think I think Cam Newton has like seven touchdowns all year. Yeah. Throwing. I know he's got like 11 rushing. He's been a fucking beast on the ground. Yeah. But but he's thrown less than 10 touchdowns on the year and I'm pretty sure he has way more interceptions. I think it's like I think he's like 5 for like 10 or 5 for 12 or something like that. Yeah. Touchdown interceptions, but he's still doing it up there. And I don't know. I'm, I'm not taking New England on a whim. It's not. It's not my. It's not my big balls bet of the week. But I'm taking New England. Well, so we'll there, drop
2: we are dropping big balls on Sunday, so everybody make sure you're watching the Talking Football Show. Yeah,
0: make sure you guys tune in uh, Mond- uh, Monday. Fucking shit, Angelo, help me out here. I can't even talk. Sunday, Sunday morning at nine o'clock, nine a.m. Central Standard Time. Make sure you guys tune in for talking football. Eric Here's Lambert here.
2: joins us again.
0: Eric so, Lambert joins us again. We're really excited. I'm sure to we'll just shit all over play. the Bears one more time. We'll shit all over the Bears one more time, and we'll have some fun with that. Yep. And I'm taking Houston this week. I know that's my pick. That so, might be my lock. We'll talk. It's the last game we talk. Okay. That might be my lock. That might be my lock. But anyways, yeah. I mean, that's the show, man. Thank you to fucking thanks to Carmen from ESPN, Carmen DeFelco, ESPN Chicago 1000, coming on with us. I mean that was awesome of him coming sure. on. Another great night having him come out here talk socks, talk some, talk some Chicago Bears. That was fun. Yeah. Thank you to everybody in the chat room that joined us tonight. A lot of hit ups tonight, Angelo through the through the Facebook and team. yeah, nice active nice. chat. It
2: was good. Yeah, time. nice
0: active chat. I was really happy with that. So Roger Morris, we got some Grant Sims, we got some Chris, we got we got some Chris Gonzalez, we got some, we got a bunch of people in here. Tim yep. Sutton and a fucking bunch of people, bunch of people. List goes on and on. Thank you guys for coming on with us. We really do appreciate you joining us one more time. Andrew Tarba was with us again. That son of a bitch. I love that guy. He's here every week. Anyways, yeah, thanks for coming out with us. It was a great show, Angela. I liked this show. It was good. Yeah, it was fun. It was a good one. It was good. It was a lot of fun. We got all our bitching out of the way, man. We got all our bitching out of the way. Next week we're going to be talking more baseball, man. There's gonna be more baseball news hitting the stand. And but the
2: NBA NCAA, comes back in a couple – NBA and hockey come back soon. I
0: actually. don't know. I, I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna have to get Salim on here, man. Cause Salim knows basketball. I don't know basketball. I'm not a basketball yeah. guy. I'm pretty crazy. I appreciate it. But yeah, own own my.
2: Yeah, we'll, uh maybe we'll message Salim, see about getting him on in the
0: next week or two. All right, man. Yeah, sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely look into it and get him on here. Hopefully he can tell us about this draft because, we've got because yeah. I don't know anything about basketball. So you guys can chat basketball, and I'll just sit here and clip my nails. That works. But, yeah, I still like the Bulls. I still like watching them. But on that note, yeah, thanks to – thank you again to, uh, to Carmen DeFalco, ESPN Chicago 1000, ESPN Chicago – Look them up at Carmen DeFalco. Angelo, thank you tonight. Thank you to everybody in the chat. We really do appreciate it. Thank you to Firehouse Subs for sponsoring the show. If you guys are hungry, make sure you guys eat. And make sure you guys eat at Firehouse Subs because they got really good shit. I love that place. You got to go get the Fat Mike sandwich, dude. So you ever had the Fat Mike, Angelo? You ever got the Fat Mike from Firehouse? No. Dude, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It's roast beef on a garlic bread with sriracha and tons of loaded mozzarella cheese and sport peppers all over it. It's phenomenal. Ask my say say that you've been sent there from Fat Mike, and they'll give you a little discount off the little discount off because they're badass. So yeah, on that note, that's the show, Angelo. That's what's up. It was a fun show, Mike.
2: And I'll talk to you throughout the week. And I'll see you, your beautiful face on Sunday. Oh,
0: I love you too. Peace, All right. peace, guys. We will talk to you guys later. See you on Sunday. Talk football. Nine a.m. Don't be late. Later.
1: Ooh-hoo.